Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Well, welcome back, everybody. I got to tell you, I got all kinds of stuff here, all kinds of stuff. Plenty of education stuff, plenty of jab stuff, but I do want to get to this first. And I should say, lots of stories to tell here. Lots of posts from a number of different people. I got a lot of text messages regarding observations of things that are happening. And lots is, lots is happening, no doubt about it. So let me get to this. Uh, very quickly, the Trump indictment, I thought that was interesting to say the least. Can't get more obvious he's the commander in chief. Can't get more obvious. You do not have police on motorcycles with that kind of a motorcade out in front without him being the commander-in-chief. No one else received that. No past president would receive that. He's not the president of a failed corporation. He's the commander-in-chief. There's no doubt about it. In that same motorcade, excuse me, behind all of the policemen on bikes, uh, you ended up having at least, I want to say, 12 to 15 black SUVs. There were at least three tinted window vans, which are filled with special forces, loaded, locked and loaded and ready to roll. And then, of course, an ambulance or two, followed by a SWAT vehicle bringing up the rear. Again, no one travels like that unless you're the guy in charge. So, all is well. He's in charge. We are no longer the United States of America as a corporation. He is the commander-in-chief. That is his title. And uh, yeah, stuff's going to go down here right quick, I have a feeling. Certainly within the next few months, but that's just me projecting a little. Time will tell. I mean, something has to happen, of course, between now and, and next election. And like I've said in past episodes, if there's a next election, it's going to be military, and it's got to be paper ballots. I would be very shocked if it was machine voting again. So there you go. That's my two cents on that. All is, all is right with the world. There was also this. I know a lot of people play the Delta games with the Q posts. I find it interesting as well because these Deltas are legit. Um, and again, a lot of those, well, certainly some of them are. But uh, a lot of those posts, again, weren't for just the moment, but they were for years after the fact. And we're seeing that play out right now. So again, you've heard me say this before, but mark your calendars, and I'm serious, like circle the date, October 4th at 2.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is a Wednesday. That's when the next uh, emergency broadcast system, or EAS, is going to hit everybody's cell phones. Same thing with radios, same thing with TVs, you name it. But there's at least five Q posts here that directly point to that being the case. And they all date back to 2018. So there's post seven, I'm sorry, 870, which is actually in 2018 of March. But it, the actual timestamp is two hours and 20 minutes and 58 seconds. So you've got the 220 there and it says SEC test one. And then the one after that, which is post 871, is SEC test two. So there's going to be two tests on October 4th of this year. And this right, again, old Q posts, back-to-back posts are telling us that there's two tests. Then if you go to October 4th of 2018, there's four posts, 2342, 2343, and 2344. 
All of those posts, again, are October 4th of 2018, and the first one says, Anon's ready, question mark, and then the next one says, memes ready, question mark, and then post 2344 says, are you ready to see arrests? Are you ready to see pain? Are you ready to be a part of history? Again, I understand to many it's just a game, but it certainly is interesting, and it's not a coincidence. It could be in, again, in an effort to distract the bad guys and get them to pay attention to stuff, um, it's hard to know. But it's interesting nonetheless, and they all line up. So I put that um, particular post in those posts, which someone else created but made the connections. I put it on my Gab page if you're interested in checking it out. It's military intelligence. That's what this is. This is a military operation, and again, he's in charge. Awesome stuff. Okay, moving on. Very quickly, uh, Tate Prouse, who again was a guest on my show here recently, and you can go back and listen to that if you're interested, but he, of course, gave oral arguments to a judge. I have that entire recording also. I, I should probably air that at some point. It's really interesting, but uh, as it turns out, he texted me the other day and he said that the judge dismissed his entire case. Now, again, he was expecting that to some extent, uh, not entirely shocking, but he did say he's now going to take it to the Sixth Circuit Court, and we'll see what happens there. This, again, is, is where this gets really sticky. You know, having individuals go after other individuals, in particular elected people, I'll just say for one particular example, the mask wearing, for example. I mean, that's a difficult road to hoe. That's not what Tate was going after. He was going after something else, which is, you would think, make more sense to a judge, which is, again, a city council can't tell people who live on private property to not congregate at a particular number of people, which was completely made up, which was 10 people, that you can't have 10 or more people on, in your own home during a set amount of time before they ended up lifting it. Um, Again, that right there is absolutely ridiculous. You would think that a judge would know that that was ridiculous. Unfortunately, the defense for most judges and lawyers is, well, if you don't like it, just vote them out. That's it. I mean, that's really their excuse. Vote them out then. Why don't you run for city council? Why don't you run for mayor? That's not, that's not a legal excuse. It just isn't. They don't have immunity as elected officials to break the law, and they cannot limit your constitutional rights. This, of course, was Tate's entire case, and now we had a local judge who basically just said, to hell with you, I'm ruling against all of these. I'm not going to comment on you know, the, more, the more illegal moves that essentially got made by the city council, and they've lifted it, and you weren't... Uh, you know, you didn't lose any money in the process, so it doesn't really matter. I'm dismissing the case, and that's essentially it. But again, I wish him the best of luck at the next level of court uh, of the court system. Um, but again, you know, the individuals going after wh whoever they may be, past employers, current employers, elected officials regarding the mask wearing and the mask mandates, that's, that's going to be even trickier for a law firm or even a judge, because again, you're asking them to rule against the thing that they themselves participated in. That's a, that's a tricky deal. 
You're basically looking at a judge and saying, hey, you know that whole mask thing that you participated in? Well, you shouldn't have done that because there is no COVID. The masks don't do anything, never have. They only make people sick, but you participated in it. And now I want you to rule against your own decision-making from the past. Again, you heard me say this a million times that I wrote about that on my Substack, that that right there is the perfect crime. Because these people, again, would have to rule against themselves. They would have to look in the mirror based on what they've participated in this entire time. And this right here has shown how many people are brainwashed, without a doubt. But I'm glad that Tate did what he did. I mean, you have to, you have to expend as, as much of your ammo as you possibly can before you can see the entire landscape for what it is. Again, he knows it's corrupt. He knows all of this. But it just continues to prove that these judges are blind and brainwashed, and they have no idea what's going on, which again is scary, because if they can rule that way, what can they rule in the future? Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting moving forward, but time will tell on things like that as well. Okay, one quick thing here about Hawaii, in fact, a few things. More and more videos are coming out of individuals again one one in particular he's spending a great deal of time taking video they've closed off particular areas of it you're not even allowed to fly drones they've got a multi-mile long fence that they've put up they're not spending any time rebuilding anything they're just putting up these giant construction fences or these big black fences because they don't want people to see on the other side there's also over 2000 children missing from their public school system uh this is child trafficking without a doubt. I wouldn't be surprised if there were individuals, again, perhaps with the help of the police, who's to know, maybe go door to door and scoop up some of these children as they were being locked down within their homes or the police weren't allowing them to leave their particular neighborhoods. But I'm speculating on all of that, but it makes sense given the fact that uh, endless pedophiles have, have property there and land there and certainly plenty of money to throw around. And yeah, just wanted to keep bringing that to your attention because that's still a thing. Of course, there are fires everywhere, it seems. Uh, let's see, Louisiana, Michigan, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, certainly huge geoengineering storms that took place in Michigan and then came right down into Ohio. Now, again, not a weatherman, but I do know that most storms in Ohio do not come from due north. But a lot of these storms from Michigan recently, again, they are pop-up, they look very strange, and then they just come straight down in a straight line. I mean, we've had some monsoons here recently. So, yeah, we're under attack, and they're using geoengineering as, as one, of the, one of the weapons, without a doubt. And again, more footage of the direct energy weapons out in Turkey and numerous other places too, British Columbia. It's, uh, it's awful. So I don't know exactly how to prevent against a laser beam coming out of a plane way above, uh, way above us. That's, that's a tricky one to avoid, but just keep pushing out the footage, I guess. I suppose that's about the only thing that can really take place right now. Just keep pushing out the footage, keep sharing the footage as much as humanly possible, and who knows, maybe, maybe the military is watching this and, uh, they're going after these people right now. I mean, who's to really know? So either way, 
Just wanted to bring that up right here at the top. Okay. Education-related things here. I've got five or so stories just kind of quickly. The first one here, this is rather interesting. This is from WND.com, and this was thrown my way, and it's titled, Principal Placed on Leave After School Holds Assembly on Black Students' Low Test Scores. (laughs) It's incredible. Florida. A Florida school district placed an elementary school principal on leave Thursday after the school held an assembly with black students discussing low test scores, according to the Associated Press. On August 18th, Bunnell Elementary School officials polled black fourth and fifth graders to an assembly addressing how the students had been underperforming on standardized tests, according to the Dayton Beach, Daytona, sorry, uh, Beach News Journal. Flagler County Schools officials. Uh, the district to which Bunnell Elementary belongs, apologized for the presentation and is investigating the incident. They said that they do not support segregation. Uh, So said one of the board members, and the elementary school students were given the presentation titled Double A Presentation, which explained that the black students within the school were not meeting grade-level expectations. They then said that they would be committing to passing each class with at least a 75% average. They were told that they would be paired up and compete. Now, this is where it gets, I mean, okay. <laughs> I read this article in advance, but this is, where, this is where it gets really terrible. And I mean, this is, this is bad now, okay? First of all, I don't, know the, I don't know the entire background of the presentation clearly. What is interesting about this, though, is that it's not unusual for schools, first of all, to pull students out who are not succeeding and addressing those particular students. What would make, of course, more sense would be to have their parents there and their parents involved in the, in the discussion. But even so, uh, th- there are endless people who work within the school environment who have done way worse than what you're about to hear and way worse than this entire thing. And, and I mean, they are still there. They're still employed and they're still doing what they do. All of this was pretty much a bad move for rather obvious reasons because, again, you are singling out students. Even if you put the race thing to the side for a minute, you're still singling them out. And you're saying you're not doing well, uh, you know, do better, and, and here's what will happen if you do better. Now, this, again, is where it gets even worse because it should be noted that when you have students competing against one another or that you know a teacher or an administrator sets up some sort of a grade competition i mean the research is in on this it doesn't work you cannot use competition as a motivator students don't care i don't care what student b is getting and student b doesn't care what student a is getting I mean, they, they just don't care. And if you ask most students, they will tell you the exact same thing, that they don't care. But this administrator apparently did the following, and this is not good. Again, it says here, quote, students were told that they would be paired up and competing against each other to see who could earn the highest score in both math and English language arts. The outlet reported, winners of the individual matchup would receive McDonald's as as a reward. <laughs> can't even get it out of my mouth. I can't even say it. McDonald's. I mean, uh, that's the reward. That's the reward if you, if you beat your classmate 
uh, in math and, and English grades or something. It's beyond ridiculous. It says, quote, we want our parents and guardians to actively participate in their children's educational success without informing them of this assembly or of the plans to raise these scores. Our parents were not properly engaged. The interim superintendent, Lashika Moore, said in a statement shared with the Daytona Beach News Journal, quote, that said, From this point forward, all our schools will engage our parents, no matter what group or subgroup their children may be in, in our continued efforts to raise achievement among all students. And of course, they were reached for comment, the school was, and they did not reply. Uh, I mean, it's not, uh, you know, it's it's not a carrot and a donkey anymore, is it? It's not the carrot and donkey. It's a happy meal and a black child. Absolutely outrageous. (laughs) <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't believe it. They're not the sharpest knives, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, these administrators in these buildings are not the sharpest knives. Okay, moving on. Speaking of uh, not sharp knives, he- here's another one. And Cicely threw this my way too from New Mexico. This is equally as disturbing, and you can immediately pick up on, I'm sure, the lies that would be told in such a presentation. This right here is proof positive, and again, it's just. It's the it's the ongoing litmus test that when you outsource educational presentations, quote unquote, to people who do not know what the hell they're talking about, you help propagandize the entire environment. This is from KOBchannel4.com. It is titled Gun Violence Prevention Workshop Now in Six New Mexico Schools. A gun violence workshop prevention workshop there's some audio with this i believe give this a listen in three two one school is not just for lessons in science and math anymore i mean our community has gotten to a point where our kids need lessons in gun violence prevention and keeping each other safe new mexicans to prevent gun violence expanded a weeks-long workshop into more of our schools this year and had the help of people who've actually experienced that gun violence firsthand now julie friendak joining us because julie you learned a, a lot more about the mission for this school year specifically yeah absolutely one of the main goals here is to help kids realize they actually can play a big role in making their communities safer and avoiding gun violence in those communities but more importantly it's to show all of these young teenagers mm-hmm. that this city and the people in it do really care about them yes. and want to provide that safe space. When Javier Vasquez speaks to a room of high schoolers, he speaks from the heart because high school changed his life. January 3rd, 2011, uh, I was a uh, victim of gun violence. An argument started at school, and he made plans to fight someone off campus. Whenever I got there, when I started fighting, I ended up getting shot twice. Once in the chest, once in the back. I ended up uh, paralyzed from the waist down. Now, years later, he's using that experience to help other teens avoid the same fate. I don't want them to go through the same thing that I went through when I was 15. He signed on with New Mexicans to Prevent Gun Violence to speak to middle and high school students in its gun violence prevention workshop. A lot of kids are, you know, like I said, sadly, you know, they're making the wrong decisions. But there's a lot of kids, too, who actually want to make a change in themselves. And that's what we're here for, you know, to motivate them to do better. It's an eight-week course full of speakers, films, 
and most importantly, discussion. Our children are literally shooting and killing each other. And we have to ask ourselves as adults in this community, what can we do to stop these triggers from being pulled? Miranda Viscoli is the co-president of the organization. She's worked to expand the workshop to six middle and high schools this year after a successful first year. They're scared to walk to school. They're scared to go to school. They're scared to go to the skateboard park. They live in constant fear of gun violence. And we have to create these spaces where they have an outlet to talk about it and to let them know that this city cares about them. Birkay Cares is the theme of their next project, a mural at the San Pedro Library. Several Bernalillo County agencies pitched in for the interactive mural, including audio of poetry and a 3D experience for teens. We think it's as important that we're listening to them and what they have to say. It's not about us talking at our children and our teens. It's about listening to them so that we can come together to find solutions. Solutions that don't involve more pain. We need to put a stop to this as a community because it's nonsense. No kids should be dying at 13 years old. So this gun violence prevention workshop is free and the organization has capacity for more schools. So Mm -hmm. any interested teachers or school leaders out there can contact New Mexicans to prevent gun violence directly to get on board with that. As for the painting of that mural we mentioned, that starts Mm -hmm. next week. And it's so true that point. There are people in our community who care and who want to make a difference and help these kids. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing. All right, Julie, thanks. This is one of those where I could spend the rest of the episode on this story alone. Ladies and gentlemen, you you know this because you've listened to this show. You know what this means. This is generational propaganda. That's exactly what this is. You're taking an individual who was a wannabe gangbanger, who wanted to engage in violence in school, showed up to do so with a fellow classmate, got shot, now he's a paraplegic, and now they roll him into the gymnasium, and he's some expert on what, exactly? Because he has a bullet lodged in his spine and can't move his legs, now he's an expert? I don't think so. It's generational propaganda because they're pushing the no-guns message on everyone. I mean, what are we going to do with all these guns? and? What do we have to do to get the triggers to not be pulled? I have an idea. Stop lying to people. That's one of the ways. Tell them the truth. But see, that's a problem because that requires the individual working in the environment to know what the truth is, and they don't. The easiest people to propagandize are those who have already been propagandized, and to have those people who have been propagandized do the teaching, then it's game over. We've all been brainwashed, all of us, myself included. We entered these environments. Some of us would listen to stupid presentations like this, and we'd say, are you kidding me? You've got to be kidding me. I mean, I brought this story up a long time ago, but again, when it comes to the outsourcing of this education, In the old high school where I used to teach, they brought in a woman who worked for, she was a rape counselor, and they brought her in during the sex education portion of what was being taught in my classroom. And again, if it was my decision, she wouldn't have been there in the first place, but they brought her in and they combined two classes, my class and someone else's class, to listen to this woman basically make sexual transmitted disease jokes and, oh, isn't that funny? and 
I don't know, some joke about herpes in Las Vegas. I mean, it was stupid. And then she played some old after-school movies that were completely ridiculous, totally out of touch. She didn't have the attention of anybody in the room, and I was the most qualified person in the room to do the educating because, again, I had education in it, and I knew what the truth was and what it wasn't. Therein lies the problem. They outsource these messages to have a complete stranger tell them because somehow they think, oh, you know, that'll really drive the message home, that we don't need guns, that guns don't solve anything, and you know, again, what can we do to keep these triggers from being pulled? That repetitive propagandized message is on purpose. It is all designed to keep children from owning a gun when they become a legal adult old enough to own a gun. Well, why would I ever want one of those? I mean, again, you, you know adults who don't own guns. I'm certain you do. Maybe you don't own a gun. I highly recommend it own lots of them. I, I certainly do. My point is, is that you should. But that's not the kind of education that they're going to provide anybody because when push comes to shove, how is a person really going to defend themselves? This is what, they're, again, ugh, this, is, this is the problem. This is the problem. They're teaching these kids to never want to own a gun. Because they think that, I don't know, it's going to grow legs and run around their living room when they're an adult and just start shooting at them. And they're going to have to throw a blanket on top of it and then wrestle it to the ground and get control of it. It, it makes zero sense, but it's propaganda. And the school districts love bringing these people in because the school districts are leftists. And they can't think beyond their hand in front of their face. So they, again, have to propagandize everybody. I'm, I'm repeating myself, but I think you get it here. You get it. This is all intentional. It is not an accident. That also brings up this. Apparently, locally in the local school district where I live, they're working toward having, even though they're insolvent, and they're cutting programs, they're looking on bringing in some kind of a K-8 through violence prevention program or mandatory violence, anti-violence education or uh, mental health education, whatever it is, something along those lines. Well, again, the irony, the irony that the very environment that has abused endless people, including all of the students and all, and all of their staff over the last three plus years now, that now they're the environment that's trying to play hero. The irony is palpable. I can't, I can't, uh, I mean, I can believe it. I can believe it. They would do this. They they are <laughs> they are they are the best abusers that exist. They'll punch you right in the mouth, and then they'll say that they didn't mean it. They'll kick you right between the legs, and then they'll say, "Can I buy you dinner tonight?" They'll get you in a headlock, and then they'll bring home a bouquet of flowers and say it was an accident. It is the cycle of abuse. That's exactly what this is. These environments are abusing children. All of them are doing it. They're all doing it in their own little ways, but they all share those ways, and it isn't stopping. In fact, here's more proof. Here's another example. Again, same news outlet, New Mexico, second story Sicily sent me, same exact thing. I'm going to play audio with this too. Beyond disgusting. Absolutely retarded. Get ready for this. 
Seeing it more and more. Sensory-friendly options for those who need it most, including kids. There's a district here in New Mexico making sure all of the students are taken care of with new sensory rooms across their schools. Diana Castillo joining us live here in the studio now. Diana, you actually walked through one of these rooms. Yes, I did. In this school year, all students across the Luna schools now have access to a sensory room. Sensory rooms are ideal for people with autism or others who are sensitive to a lot of activity. But school leaders say these rooms are really for everyone. So we really wanted to be able to bring back our kids and have a place for them to really support them with their sensory needs. So with the help of some funding, Las Lunas Schools now has a sensory room like this at all 15 of their schools. So we have a lot of students who have experienced trauma in their lives, and so it's a place where they can come in and self-regulate, and also a place where they can have some time to really reflect on what's going on in their lives. Each room is equipped with things students can touch see and hear. Many of the rooms have these bubble tubes that you see and they also have the light fixtures and many of them have flexible seating so I think that's probably in all the classrooms. What is different is the sensory walls. Some are geared more towards secondary students and some are for elementary students. These rooms are meant to be used on a daily basis for any student or staff. But if a student needs to take a breather during school and come to the room, they will be supervised by an adult at all times. Again, these sensory rooms are at all schools, and some are fully completed, like the one that you just saw at Century High School, while others are still in the process of being finished. Back to you. I'll tell you what, if it wasn't a podcast, I wouldn't have the words. <laughs> but I have the words, and this is ridiculous. This is the this is arguably one of the stupidest things that I've ever seen in my entire life. And I wish you could see these rooms. I truly do. They are loaded with weird shit on the walls, just things that they touch, okay? Just objects coming out of the walls. It looks like an LSD trip, basically. It really looks like an, just an LSD nightmare. Um, they have, you can turn the lights off in these rooms, and then they have all these neon glow things, all LED lights. So again, anybody who's taking the jabs is going to go in there and have a full-blown seizure and their brain's going to leak out of their ears. Uh, it's, it's just the dumbest thing that I've ever heard and the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I mean, that's, that's saying something. Uh, did you catch the little vocab word that that school administrator used who was you know, saying what a great idea all of this was? She used that word that I've brought up on the show before, self-regulate. This is where they get to just self-regulate, and they can just regulate themselves, and this is just good for self-regulation. These people are certifiable. These environments are mental institutions. I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. The school environment now is quite specifically for the lowest common denominator. Why anybody is going anymore, it, it baffles the mind. It truly does. Honest to God, every school has one of these, and they're for everybody, including autistic students, because they struggle the most, and they can go in there and blah, blah, blah. What a distraction. What a waste of time. What a waste of money. <laughs> no wonder 
No wonder these younger generations, and frankly, even older generations, are dumber than a bag of forks. No wonder. Regulation rooms, self-regulation rooms. Bubbles coming in out of, you know, in so water bubbles inside of tubes that, are, that have LED lights in them, and they get to walk on floors that, you know, the squishy floors that move water around inside of a pocket. I mean, it's, it's just stupid. And it cost money. It wasn't free. <laughs> What's happening? What is happening? It's the Twilight Zone. Here's another one. It just keeps, you know, it keeps rolling on down the hill here. New plan aims to police microaggressions in the classroom. This is from WND. It says, quote, equity-focused initiative encourages educators to axe all exclusionary or shaming practices. It says a national education initiative that is sweeping the country, uh uh-oh, that's never good, pushes public schools to embed equity into its practices, encouraging educators to eliminate so-called microaggressions, according to documents reviewed by the Daily Caller News Foundation. Learning 2025 is what it's called. That's the name of the program, Learning 2025. A program created by the American Association of School Administrators, that's a red flag, aims to create an education system where teachers prioritize a student's physical, emotional, and spiritual development and is being piloted in more than 120 school districts across the country. The initiative has encouraged educators to axe all, it says axe, A-X-E, acts all exclusionary or shaming practices while a Learning 2025 seminar viewed by the DCNF featured several speakers uh, suggesting, rather, that teachers axe tardy slips and move to an academic model that veers away from grades altogether. And scene. There you go. It says the program's holistic approach prioritizes a student's social and emotional well-being, a practice known as social-emotional learning, or SEL, which has recently come under scrutiny for being a gateway to critical race theory lessons entering the classroom. This is the dumbing down of the American population. This article is actually too long to read. Uh, It just goes on and on and on. It's all throughout California sweeping the nation, as they say. Uh, Do you really think you're failing, or do you feel like you're passing? These are the kinds of questions that they sit down and ask these students, and they say, well, I feel like I really did well, and they go, I feel like you did well, too. Here's a passing grade, even though you never showed up, smoked cigarettes in the back of class, and called me a horrible person. But I feel like What you feel is the way it needs to be. You can't fix this. This can't be fixed. This has to be destroyed. It has to be destroyed. This environment has lost their minds. We're way past indoctrination here, ladies and gentlemen. We are way past it. It's worse than that. I think we're even way past brainwashing. This is flat-out torture. It's torture. And again, you're using the tortured to engage in the torturing to torture minors. 
which means what's going to happen to those minors when they get older. They're going to torture someone. They're going to send their children into the American K-12 public school system if it even exists at that point, that far down the line. And that's a big if. I don't think it's going to be around. But like I said, if it does exist, it will be for the physically and the mentally handicapped. Because let's face it, at this point, it's pretty much just for the physically and mentally handicapped. Is it not? And that's not a knock on them. Some of the, I mean, those individuals in many cases need those environments. I wish that they had better resources at their disposal. I wish there were better people in the buildings for those kinds of students. But my God in heaven, it's torture. It's a mental cattle prod on a constant basis. And they're just being zapped every day, year after year. Here's another one. This is from Zero Hedge. It's titled, Parents Can't Opt Children Out of LGBT Lessons, So Saith a Judge. Parents are not able to opt their children out of lessons featuring LGBT content a federal judge has ruled. It says, Parents sued Montgomery County Schools in Maryland over the lessons after officials revoked their opt-out policy over the large number of opt-out requests. Well, that was nice. Except, you know the answer to this before I even ask it. What's the real opting out option? If you said homeschooling, you would be correct. That's how you really opt out. Because that opting out of this entire public-private charter system not only collapses them financially, but it saves the life of your child. And I have a post I'm going to read later that will prove that. A couple of them, actually. It continues here, and it says, Parents said that the failure to provide opt-outs forced them to give up their religious beliefs or seek alternative schooling. Aw, alternative schooling. Too bad. These parents, again, I'll tell you what, they, they, you know, bless their hearts. They're brainwashed, I, I know. But they haven't learned their lesson. It's just like... It's no different than the mom or the dad who, brought, who, who picked up their kid from school back during the mask wearing, and their kid got in the automobile, took the mask off, and there was a giant rash all over the kid's face as they started to vomit on the floor of their own automobile, of their parents' automobile, and then start to cry and gasp for air because they haven't been breathing all day, and then the parent sends them back the next day, while at the exact same time the parent just complains about it and goes, I can't believe they have to wear this mask. Oh, well, let's just send them back. The cycle of abuse here is being normalized among parents and among children. That's why it's torture. This is nuts. Montgomery County Public Schools is one of the largest school systems in the country with some 160,000 students. Here's an idea. How about you make them cease to exist by stop going? Just don't go anymore. So this judge again basically said there's no more opt-out forms. You either have to take the courses or take the instruction of all of this nonsense or else. Or else you have to find another means of educating your child. Please do that. Take the latter option. You'll save your kid's life. It's called a Becca.com. Endless people use it. 
endless people, and no one complains. <laughs> I mean, if it's that simple, you know, seems like that's pretty much the option, does it not? These people have no idea. The, again, the matrix is so strong. You, you know, I don't want to compliment Satan, but my God. You know, he's got a grip on these people, and they just can't shake it. They can't shake it. Let me read this now. This was a comment that was made on my Rumble channel, American Education FM, uh, by a retired educator in New Jersey. Get a load of this. This is excellent. I mean, and they're 100% right. They said the following, quote, Retired educator here from New Jersey. I so enjoy your podcast from your unique, from your unique point of view. I totally agree that students are no longer held responsible for their actions. I taught in the same inner city district I went to school in as a child so I can make direct comparisons. I, like you, was able to learn, but in the summer. But we had huge open windows, large overheated fans, and open transformers over the doors. Uh, I'm sorry, it says open transoms. I'm not sure. Either way, over the doors. When I returned as a teacher two decades later after having children of my own, windows were rigged so they could only open six inches on the bottom. Otherwise, students would throw out chairs, desks, desks, etc. It says the fans were no longer permitted because the little darlings would stick their fingers and other objects into them. Indeed, most of May and June and the beginning of September was intolerable due to the lack of any breeze or or air circulation. Because students' behavior became uncivilized, the environment adapted to the student instead of vice versa. But I believe something larger is going on here. It is the breakdown of society and its inherent destruction of our youth is being intentionally orchestrated. Globalists want our young people to be undereducated, ignorant, and poor so that they are more easily manipulated. Yes. That's it. That's it. It's always been that way, but that is it, 100%. They continued and said, that is why antisocial behavior is encouraged, so the educational process becomes ineffective. Um, it's, It's possible. I would take it the other way, respectfully, and I would say that's why social behavior is encouraged, which is why the education becomes secondary, and basically individualized thought becomes remarkably ineffective. But I I see what they're saying. They said that is why looting and assaults in broad daylight are being decriminalized, driving out the middle class from our cities. Globalists want to be rid of the free-thinking, financially independent middle class who are just useless eaters in their eyes. They only want rich elites and the poor who have their hands out and will obey any and all dictates. Anyway, I love your channel, but did want to give my take and not just talk to my iPad in frustration, unquote. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you, without a doubt. It's just a giant on purpose. It's all a giant on purpose. Again, I've, I've brought it up numerous times. I am certain that God spared me when he pulled me out of this system. He had to show me how bad it was. I knew it was terrible. That's why I got in the business. I got into it because it was bad. And I wanted to try to, again, make it better for students the way that it didn't exist for me and try to improve the environment and make it as objective as humanly possible. The problem is 
I couldn't fight that beast by myself. And everybody else just kind of goes along to get along. And they're in it for the pension and they're in it for, you know, because they think they're going to kick their feet up later on. I, I, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do it. And many can't. Again, the turnover rate in the, in the field of education is astronomical. It's, it's too big to even calculate now. The old 50% in five years number doesn't even, doesn't even come close, basically. It doesn't even come close anymore. It has to be way worse than that. And here's another one. Here's another excellent post. This was emailed to me by a listener of the show who he and his wife are using a Becca and homeschooling their kids. And what he said was, is that this post that I'm about to read, which he sent me, was on the Abeka, what is it? Abeka Homeschooling Moms Facebook page or Facebook group, something along those lines. And they said again that his wife saw this particular post. And again, everybody's waking up to this. Endless people across the world are waking up to this, that you've got to get out of these systems and start using Abeka or another homeschooling program. So here's what the post said on that Facebook group. It says, quote, I am so thankful for this group and Abeka's quality education my child can have at home. Just in the first week of public school starting, I have had other mommy friends alert me to what is already happening in school. They said, number one, taking fingerprints because the school claims they need your child's biometrics in order for them to receive school lunch. Second one, they said, is sending home papers explaining their detainment and seclusion policies. The next one, kids being enrolled in courses to teach them to be global digital citizens, explaining why they should believe all fact checkers. The next one, it says, if your child is tardy, they will be searched. Random search sweeps of their bags and belongings. What a horrifically scary time to have your children in public school Thank God for homeschooling, unquote. Yes. Yes. This is the spectrum. It can't get clearer. You have this on one end and what I just described on the other. With all those previous stories that I just brought up, that's on the other end of the spectrum. You have a mental institution on one side and you have what I just read right there on the other. Which are you going to choose? What? what, what I mean, the choice can't get clearer. And ladies and gentlemen, again, this brings me right to the jabs now, because this is unavoidable, and this is going to continue to happen, and people are continuing to buy this and believe this, and it absolutely blows me away. Let's review very quickly before I get into this story. The Binax now COVID tests. Okay, first of all, COVID's not real, doesn't exist. The only thing that exists is poison in a shot. That's it. And then the electromagnetism from person to person and the shedding, and that's how it spreads. Now, I know that there's reports out there of people saying that the results of all of that can now be aerosolized in some way. I wouldn't doubt it, but I, I don't know. Again, chemtrails, and they could hit us all with it. It's highly possible. Either way, this right here uh, needs to be reviewed. So the tests don't work. They never have. They've always been a con game. They're predetermined. You can pour a Coca-Cola on it, and it'll test positive. They test for nothing. 
School districts and universities all over the world still use those tests, including workplace environments. Now, what's interesting about the tests and their fake usage is you have some employees who know that they're fake and they will purposefully use them in order to get out of work. And then their bosses and everybody else who are gullible and don't know any better, they just believe it. They believe that when, when individual one says, well, I took a COVID test and turns out I, I tested positive, the employer believes it. Because again, they, they don't know any better and they're fully brainwashed into this entire thing. So that's, a, that's an ever-present deal here. The reason, though, that individuals are getting sick if they are getting sick is because they are jabbed. They have permanently damaged DNA. Their immune system cannot regulate itself. That's why they are ill. It is not because of some test that they're taking, although those tests are poisonous if they come in contact with an individual. Uh, you know, in particular, if they, I don't know, uh, swallow a piece of it or something along those lines, certainly the ones where you're rubbing the inside of your mouth, that should never be the case. You should never use those. Again, they're poisonous by themselves, but they test for nothing. We already now have schools closing, albeit temporarily, so they say, because of all of these positive COVID tests that are popping up and ill teachers, so they say. I'm not doubting that there's ill teachers. They're jabbed. They should be ill. But this is already happening here. It's the end of August and it's already taking place. Here's the first example. This is from mysanantonio.com. South Texas school district shuts down after surge in COVID 19 cases. It says the school district staff has been hit by the virus. No, 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 no. You've been hit with poison that you injected into yourself. Or you're lying about testing positive because, well, the tests are a lie. It says, this, it says a school district near two hours southeast of San Antonio is closing its doors until next week, claiming that COVID-19 cases have jumped on its campuses. Runge ISD announced Wednesday, August 23rd, that it will be shutting down the rest of the week until Tuesday, August 29th. It continues. This is the news was announced via a letter from the superintendent, Hector Dominguez, uh, that was sent to parents, and Runge ISD also put all extracurricular activities on hold until August 29th. The safety and well-being of our students, they said, our staff and community is a top priority. Now, how many times have you heard that sentence? come out of the mouths of any school administrator. The well-being of everyone is our top priority. They should just wear that on a t-shirt or a sign around their neck. They say it so frequently. They say here that they have 10 active cases of the virus as of Monday, August 21st. One person commented on the superintendent's Facebook page Thursday, August 24th, saying closing because of 10 cases was laziness. And a dereliction of duty. <laughs> it's stupidity too, but you know, they're all jabbed and shedding on each other. So what do you expect? It says, however, Runge ISD is a fairly small school district just east of Carn City. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it, it just doesn't matter. 208 students across its two campuses doesn't matter. It says the 10 cases 
are all within its 43 staff members. That's, you know, that's a sizable percentage among that few staff members, but even so, this is this is what's happening. How many of them are jabbed? That's the question. Here's the next one. Kentucky. Kentucky School District cancels classes, implements remote learning due to COVID scare. The school announced that it would be canceling classes for several days and then shifting to remote learning. It's not clear when in-person classes will start again. This is a trend. This is a trend. I know it's only two, but these are the only two that we know of thus far. There have to be more. Let's see. It goes on here. Lee County School District in Kentucky, after uh, closed its doors, uh, one in five students apparently has has uh, has quote unquote COVID, strep throat, or the flu, or another illness. One in five. That's a bunch. That's a, that's a lot. We're sanitizing our buses, they said, in our buildings and giving our staff and students time to heal. You can wipe those buses down all you want. That has nothing to do with electromagnetism. It has nothing to do with shedding. You can wipe down the walls. You can tear the building down and build a new one. It won't matter. If you have jabbed people in these environments, they're going to get sick. Which leads me, actually, to this. I want to read this first before I get into more stories, because, God, do I have stories here. Okay. Um, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, ladies and gentlemen, actually wrote this down. And I want you to wrap your head around this, because they aren't making any sense. They're contradicting themselves in their own paperwork. And if you wanted to wake up a normie, Here's how you do it. You show them this document. This is from cdc.gov, and the document is titled Risk Assessment Summary for SARS-CoV-2 Sublineage BA.2.A6, that made-up variant. It says the CDC has detected, again, this is from August 23rd, CDC has detected a new SARS-CoV-2 variant labeled BA.2.86 continually monitoring for new variants and studying their potential impact on public health. I can't believe these words are about to come out of my mouth. Here here it comes. There's a background section, a current risk assessment, and then prevention actions. Can't make this up. Background. It says, quote, All viruses, including the virus that causes SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, uh, change over time. These viruses with changes are called variants. These changes can affect how contagious a virus is, how well it responds to treatment, and how severely it affects people. Last week, a new variant of SARS-CoV-2 called BA.2.A6 was detected in samples from people in Denmark and Israel. At least two cases have been identified in the United States. Uh-oh. This variant is notable because it has multiple genetic differences from previous versions of SARS-CoV-2. Here's where it gets even weirder. Current risk assessment. It says, quote, based on what CDC knows now, existing tests used to detect 
and medications used to treat COVID-19 appear to be effective with this variant. So the tests to detect it and the medications now all work. Why would they say that? Why would they bring that up? I thought the tests always worked for everything. Are they making a slight admission that they don't work, but all of a sudden now they work again? Same thing with the medications. We know that they held, withheld hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin from everybody, which killed copious amounts of people, millions. But now they're saying, well, the medications work. It says BA.2.A6 may be more capable of causing infection in people who have previously had COVID-19 or, here's the kicker, have received COVID-19 vaccines. Yes, they actually say it. They say that this made-up new variant is impacting people who have been sick before and are jabbed. It says scientists are evaluating the effectiveness of the forthcoming updated COVID-19 vaccine. CDC's current assessment is that this updated vaccine will be effective at reducing severe disease and hospitalization. You heard that correct. Now they're telling you that updated COVID jabs are going to keep you out of the hospital and reduce severe disease when they just got done saying that if you're jabbed, you're going to get sick. It's (laughs) honest to shit. It says this, at this point, there's no evidence that this variant is causing more severe illness. That's not what you just said a sentence before. That assessment may change as additional scientific data are developed. CDC will share more as we know more. Here are the preventative actions now. The first one says, and I kid you not, get your COVID-19 vaccines as recommended, it says. Updated vaccines will be available as early as mid-September at your local pharmacy or doctor's office. They don't care that they're lying to everybody. They're writing it down. Word for word, one sentence right next to the other. They don't care. They're contradicting themselves constantly. Absolutely insane. Now, Miami University. In fact, sorry, very quickly, there's another college. It's right here. Give me a minute. Dillard University orders masks as COVID cases rise in Louisiana. Now you have to wear masks around campus and you have to wear masks inside the buildings and in your classrooms again. Same thing at Georgetown University. Shocking, I know, Georgetown University, but same thing. Masks are back on. Do you see the snowball rolling down the hill here? Okay, Miami University. They're back in session. Freshmen came back last Thursday. I drove around on Friday to take a look at the numbers and just see what I could see, just making the general beginning of the year visual observations. Couple of things. And again, when you're doing something like this, you have to be as objective as you possibly can. It's easy for us to, in particular me, because I want the whole thing to collapse. But I have to be very objective with what I'm seeing. And here's what I saw. 
I did one or two laps around the, the main roads of the campus. Now, you know that a lot of these individuals, again, are probably inside their dorms and inside their apartments and they're not coming out and they're, you know, they're just in there, whatever, staring at their iPad and having their brains leak out of their ears. Because back in my day, we'd have been playing catch in the front yard or drinking a beer on the front porch. That's, that's what we would have been doing, but not so these days. Either way, the houses around town, there are many of them that used to be packed to the gills with students. They are not. Many of the houses around town that used to have students in them are still for rent. They are vacant. This has been, a, this has been one of those constant themes over the last couple of years now. Still the case. Regarding freshmen, I drove through the roads that have the dormitories on them. Again, hardly anybody's outside. No one's really playing in the yard. No catch. None of that. Not throwing a frisbee, walking a dog, nothing. Uh, there, there were people out, clearly, walking around. Saw a couple of masks. Most didn't have them, which was refreshing. But it is evident that there are not as many students as, of course, there used to be. As I've said before, where there would be visibly thousands that you would see walking around, there were hundreds walking around now. Just hundreds, not thousands. There is also ample parking just about everywhere. All of the dormitory parking lots, um, again, they would normally be packed to the gills. And I understand somebody would say, well, Sean, you know, you went to school there 20 years ago. Uh, you know, I'm sure in 20 years, the birth rate has dropped. Times have changed. Things have gotten, you know, everybody's wallet's gotten tighter and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, they, they wouldn't be sending their kids to college and, and so on. I, I fully get it. And those are, without a doubt, viable explanations. But we know that the explanation that is the most readily available to us in the know has to do with the shots. And of course, the whole societal aspect of, I don't want to go there anymore because of what they might do and what they've done in the past, based on what they've done in the past. All of that makes total sense. It's just beyond evident that there are way less students at this university. Way less. Again, ample parking everywhere. Not a problem finding a parking spot at all. No crowds, nothing. So that's my, that's my beginning of the year observation. It really isn't any different than what I said a year ago. It's basically the same. Nothing's really changed. Looks exactly the same. They also apparently had a, uh, an alleged, and I'm emphasizing the word alleged, shooter on campus the other day. Could have been a drug bust where the drug dealer or something had a gun, and then they said that it was an active shooter when it wasn't just to scare everybody. Uh, and then, of course, there hasn't been a whole lot of reports about it since, but that allegedly happened. And again, just stirring the pot and trying to get people scared, apparently. So who's, who's to know? Um, let me read this now. This was sent to me by AJ in California, our favorite California lawyer. And uh, he's got some serious observations here regarding the masking and what people are willing to do. Now, me personally, if I was a betting man, 
I would say that the masks are going to come back at this university campus along with many of them. It's already happening, so I mean, that's already come true. It's just, is it going to happen where, where I currently live? But same thing with businesses. I mean, this brings in this aspect of it as well. So here's what he said, and I'm just going to read it word for word. He said the following here. He said, quote, uh, on the possibility of masks returning on a wide scale, I spoke with the manager of Walmart Mountain View the other day. Wasn't sure he was the manager. He gained easily 50 pounds since 2020. Black, older, millennial. I said, are you the manager? He said, yes. I asked, how long? Nine years, he said. I said, do you remember me? He goes, oh, yeah. And then AJ looked back at him and said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wear a mask. And then he said, I know. Then AJ continued and said, I said there is talk of counties and states bringing back mask mandates. The manager responded and said, I heard. Then AJ asked him, what are you going to do? Manager looked back at him and said, if corporate says, then we'll follow what they tell us. AJ responded and said, you mean you're going to go along again, following orders, deny service to customers, and shout at them to put on a mask? The guy told him, I highly doubt corporate will want us to enforce. AJ asked him again, what are you going to do? His response was, they're not going to make us enforce it. So if that's true, okay, that's great. But what AJ mentions here is that the very participation of it is the problem. This is where you're getting the corporate lackeys to scare everybody from a visual perspective or at the very least humiliate themselves in the faces of people like us who will never wear masks. That brings into this, by the way, uh, one quick little side note. The Walmart here in town on freshman move-in day, ironically enough, all of the self-checkouts are cashless at Walmart. All of them. Check and see if that's the case where you are. I had uh, Cicely get in touch with me. She said only one of the checkouts was cashless and all the rest were taking cash. Not so here, though. Here, not a single one of them was taking cash. I almost walked out of the store. I, of course, am not going to, I was buying an, an American flag, but uh, I, I'm not, uh, I'm certainly not going anymore. No, no reason to go to Walmart for any reason, frankly. But uh, yeah, there you go. Okay, anyway, back to what AJ said here. He said, quote, he was skirting around the question. Then I got into a long discussion about freedom, our kids' future. And I said, pointing, look at all these workers still masking. If everyone was like that guy wearing a mask, we'd still be under lockdowns. With no jobs or money to afford anything, starving, and your kids would want to know, Daddy, what did you do in 2020, 2021, 2023 to fight back? Do you want them to grow up under communism? The manager said no. AJ said that he tried to laugh off some of my questions and comments, almost as if to deflect or diffuse, but I was in no joking mood. He said, on the your, your workers are wearing masks comment, he responded, Asians have been doing this their whole lives. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. That's a hilarious comment. Funny stereotype. It's not true. Uh, AJ responded and said, that's not true. 
They never wore masks. I checked the Instagram pages of dozens of Chinese and Koreans going back before 2020. None wore a mask. No photos of any masked Asians before 2020. He laughed again. I've seen some footage of of Asians wearing masks, uh, you know, a long time ago, before 2020. And this is just my personal take. And I remember seeing it back then and saying, what in the hell are they doing? I mean, do they know something I don't? What, you know, what's going on? But they were clearly in the vast minority, and it wasn't clearly all of them. But either way, uh, he continued here, and he said, quote, I know some tech workers out here who still take those tests to get a free one-week vacation from work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happens. It's a thing. Remember all the, the you know, the trips to Tahiti and, and the Bahamas that school teachers were, were making? I tested positive for COVID. And then they get on a plane and they fly someplace. Uh, and then they post it on Instagram and they get caught and then they get fired. That was classic. Uh, he continued. He said they don't realize the harm that they're creating by increasing the fake cases to justify government lockdowns, masks, and vaccines. 100% right. He's 100% right. Your participation in the lie is, per- is perpetuating the lie. He continued, he said, I will return here too. You would not believe it, but in almost any store, about 10 to 15% of shoppers are still masking. Higher in places like Whole Foods, they are either obedient, older, I'm sorry, obedient, order following Asians or libtard, middle aged whites with the crazy demonic eyes. Unquote. Yes. They most certainly are, and they are out there. I'm telling you, it's just going to keep rolling downhill here. It's just, and, and that right there is going to be key. What's going to be the corporate enforcement? Are they going to make their, or attempt to make their employees wear it? And then what are they going to do for the rest of us? Are they really going to do that thing where they come up to us and say, sir, you're not wearing your mask. Can you please wear one before you come in? Are they going to have a person at the front door again, handing masks to people and say, you know, here you go, sir. Here you go, ma'am. Honestly, I can't wait. I can't wait. They have no idea the fight that they're about to have. They have no idea what we are ready to do here verbally to these people. Not a clue. That leads me to this. Um, And this is intense as well. Kim Carter, of course, is a friend of mine and has been a guest on on this show. And I don't think I made mention of this in previous episodes last week, but a video of hers on TikTok went rather viral. And I want to describe the video very quickly if you haven't seen it. Uh, I put it on my, it's, it's on my Gab page, but so you can see and, and hear what she, you know, see what she looks like and hear her. She's, she's visibly upset. She's in her car. And she's talking about the people that aren't waking up and the abuse that's taking place and how difficult all of this is and so on and so forth. Um, her father passed away two days after, after she, she made that video. And she works at Christ Hospital in Cincinnati, and she's, she's waking people up. She's waking up her, her staff members, her fellow staff members and her, her fellow nurses. Um, the woman is a saint, and again, she's she's just helping as many people as she possibly can, and uh, certainly continue to pray for her if if you can. That would be fantastic. She has uh, a solid spine, 
Here's what she texted me because I, I was we were texting back and forth, um, and she saw that same post that I brought up previously in a past episode talking about IgG4 and how that's basically immunocompromised individuals and all of the symptoms that come with being jabbed and and all of that, and that IgG4 is gonna gonna make some resurgence in the news potentially at some point. Uh, let's see here. So she sent me a couple of things. She said, I found several things last night that connect with, with that statement. She said, there's also the personal accounting, then the CDC statement, and then I saw this. And the first post, of course, is from this uh, Liz Churchill gal who's on Twitter and a few other places. Either way, it says, quote, over 20 million plus dead from the COVID vaccine as evidenced by numerous doctors, medical professionals, and our own eyes, as the mainstream media remains silent. Joe Biden states that he just signed a new order for an upcoming necessary vaccine. The uh, CDC WHO cover-up said deaths and disabilities by blaming a new variant that only affect the vaccinated. This is biological warfare. Wake up fast. No kidding. We've been saying that from the start. he also again said something about how everybody's going to get the. What did Biden say? Everybody's going to take the jabs or t- get the. Everybody's going to get vaccinated, basically, whether they like it or not. Whether they've been vaccinated or not, they're going to get it. And then Raheem Kassam put this out on Twitter with a story from the National Pulse, which is his website titled Researchers Create Aerosolized COVID Vaccine. So. There's that. Again, chemtrails. Uh, that'll be, yeah, that'll be interesting. That that's that's not good. Um. So then we kept texting back and forth, and here's what she said. I told her about Miami's observations, which I just mentioned here. She said the following quote: "We are, and again, this is this is huge, ladies and gentlemen. This is a big, big mental." deal here regarding what she says about her hospital and uh, and the CEO of Christ Hospital. They said, quote, we were asked about flu shots already at work last week. Someone mentioned when the COVID vaxes were going to be given. I didn't stay quiet. I asked the corporate lady if she had stayed up to date on all the vax info and that it had been declared a bioweapon. And we have to protect our our patients, and our staff. I told her if she needed me to print out all of the data, then I would. Then I had a conversation with my CEO about it. Uh, she said, it's not happening again, not on my watch. And then I asked, what did, what did the woman say? What did the CEO tell you? She responded back and she said, she just looked at me. But I said this during our safety huddle, so all staff, including respiratory therapy and rehab, was all privy to what I said. My CEO was in agreement. I asked him if he got the link of the documents that I sent of Moderna's side effects, and he told me he didn't open it because he didn't want to see it. I'm going to repeat that. She was told by the CEO of this hospital that he didn't open a document that one of their own nurses sent him regarding Moderna's side effects because he didn't want to see it. 
She continued and she said, I told him that was negligence because it's our responsibility to make sure that we know they've what, what they've done, rather, so that we can start possibly treating our patients accordingly. I told him we can't fix what we are unwilling to acknowledge. He was forced to get it to keep his job. He got Pfizer. And then she continued, and she said, We were talking about informed consent, and he said that, yeah, no one was able to give informed consent. Honestly. And then she continued, and she said, And I told him that this time around it is different because now we know it is a bioweapon. Now we know that it was designed to kill people, and now, because we know we have a responsibility to protect everyone we can. And then she said, I was put in my position for a reason, Sean, and I feel like it because of this. The people I work with, staff and patients, are now mine. It's my job to ensure their safety. Unquote. Let that sink in for a minute. She just told you that the CEO of a, ho- of a major hospital in Cincinnati openly admitted that he didn't want to open up the Moderna document regarding all of the real informed consent, including death, I might add, because he didn't want to look at it. Because he's afraid. Because he's jabbed. Herein lies, the, herein lies the problem. This is it. This is the problem. That's why it's the perfect crime. But it's people like Kim that aren't letting these people get away with it. She's not sitting there quietly. She's letting them have it now. I love it. It's, it's beautiful. This is beautiful. The woman is a hero. And we need more people like this. We need people to get together and stand up and then share this kind of stuff across hospitals, across doctor's offices. Anybody still receiving these shots is dead flipping meat. They're dead meat. I don't know if anybody out there, again, has any friends or family members who are nurses or in the, in the profession, but ask them what's going on regarding all of this. It's going to be interesting, again, where I live as to whether or not these elected officials like city council members are going to do what they've done in past years, which is invite in hospital, uh, you know, hospital administrators to basically say, okay, give us the lowdown on, on what you're seeing regarding COVID and, uh, and, you know, and, and those kinds of conversations that will be taking place. And of course, the lies that they'll be telling one another. It's going to be real interesting here going forward. It's going to be a really interesting winter. I think every winter going forward now is going to be observationally very interesting. It's going to be heartbreaking, we know, because the walls within our own personal lives are closing in. The people that we know who are, uh, who are jabbed or are getting more and more sick as, as the time passes. But, um, yeah, this is, this, is, this is an odd one. But to have an actual CEO of a hospital openly admit you know they're playing uh they're playing the quiet game and they they don't want to look and they don't want to read and they don't want to know well their conscience is going to get the better of them eventually it'll have to 
It'll it'll just have to. Uh, let me read this. This is right up my alley. You you heard me bring this up a long long time ago. I think I even wrote about it in my last book. This is a situational societal thing that the jabbed have not considered. They don't know, and they don't know that we know. This is from a publication titled Eve, if I'm saying that right, or Evi, I'm not sure, E-V-I-E. It's in their culture section, and it says the following. In fact, I'm going to read this whole thing because I find this fascinating. It's titled, The New Protection, Why You Shouldn't Have Sex With Him If He's COVID Vaccinated. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. They don't know. Again, the jab don't know that they can't be fraternizing with people, whether they be jabbed or not anymore. You're going to make people sick. The subtitle is Shocker. It's not just a conspiracy. New evidence has emerged. It's not new. Suggesting that mRNA vaccines can produce viral shedding. So perhaps you're justified after all for being pretty picky about your sexual partner. This was written on August 17th of this year by Andrea Mew. Here we go. It says, quote, Sometimes you'll hear people say things like, quote, Don't have sex with somebody if you're not willing to raise a kid with them. Perfectly valid. If I'm to be completely honest, they said, you may not want to be on hormonal birth control due to its slew of moderately pesky and potentially severe side effects. You may both feel discomfort from or have allergic reactions to condoms. Or you might not want to allow a man access to your body without a lifetime commitment. Yeah. It continues, it says, Indeed, sex opens up the door for a host of complexities, whether that's the potential for a woman to become pregnant or for either the man or the woman to pass along a sexually transmitted disease. Thankfully, there are modern inventions that can protect you from contracting an STI like condoms. Well, that's not entirely true, but either way, condoms don't protect against sexually transmitted diseases. Um, not all of them, anyway. It continues, But experts do admit that some of the best options are abstinence or choosing your partner more wisely. So. By the same token, what if when having sex with a man who's received the COVID-19 vaccine, you could also be exposing yourself to adverse vaccine reactions? You may not be vaccinated for any number of reasons, but even if you're totally COVID jab-free, it turns out your man could pass some potential problems on to you. Well, and your woman, too. So it's not just the jabbed men, okay? It's not just their fault. It continues, it says, isn't vaccine shedding just a conspiracy? It says, recently new evidence emerged which, suge which suggests, but doesn't necessarily prove, that aerosolized antibodies from mRNA COVID-19 vaccines can be transmitted from vaccinated to unvaccinated individuals. It's called passive immunization. And at face value, it sounds like it could be a net positive, right? If someone has immunity and passes it along to you, then you're, then you're that much more protected from the virus. But it's not that simple. Yeah, there is no virus. It says some critics like podcaster Joe Rogan have pointed out how the very nature of this vaccine, quote-unquote, likens it to more 
an experimental gene therapy than your typical vaccine. It's true. What we've currently what we're currently dealing with are mRNA vaccines, not live attenuated vaccines. The latter contains a weak form of the virus that is meant to cause an immune response upon injection and therefore provide future immunity. Well, that's not even true for a variety of reasons, but uh, you know the answer to that. Anyway, I'll continue. It says live vaccines can indeed shed from vaccinated to unvaccinated. This doesn't discount the positive aspects of live vaccines from protection against cholera to chickenpox, but it's worth bringing up because some are virulently uh, pro-vaccine will shut down any opposition based on viral shedding. It can be a reality and shouldn't be disregarded as a right-wing conspiracy theory. After all, many of the vaccine skeptics of the past were actually left-leaning, but I digress. They continued, they said, you may be asking how mRNA vaccines factor into the equation. As you may know, mRNA technology has been around for a long time. It's a molecule containing a recipe that directs cells to produce a protein encapsulated by a protective bubble made by a liponanoparticle, and it enters your cells, and your cells read the recipe, and then the immune response is built. Eh, Not exactly. I'm going to skip down to the bottom of this because, again, they go through some of the symptoms and, uh, again, they rely on VAERS. And they said, the, you know, the VAERS report will shock you, but it's also misleading because it's not nearly, it's way worse than what even the VAERS report is saying. But it does, says, it does say this, uh, some anecdotes submitted to VAERS may shock you. It says the following, quote, here's one of them anyway. This individual said, I am actually not the recipient of the Moderna vaccination. However, my husband was vaccinated, and I feel I have had adverse effects since, wrote one 35-year-old woman from Ohio under the VAERS ID 17000309. Quote, shortly after him being vaccinated, my menstruations have been much longer than they were previously. My normal cycles are between four to five days. One month in particular, my cycle lasted nine days. I believe that was the longest one, but all the others since the vaccination have been longer than my normal. In addition, I have had spotting between my cycles and have been ble- and had I'm sorry, and have had bleeding occur during sexual intercourse, which is not typical for or normal for me. They said a 42-year-old woman, from Maine, with the Vayers ID 17088052, wrote that two days after her husband got the Moderna vaccine, she had night sweats, body aches and chills, and her period randomly started up again after it had just ended. Then it lasted for a month. She asserted that a co-worker, whose husband got the Johnson & Johnson shot, experienced a similar issue. Quote, wife described a putrid metallic odor coming from my body, and had an allergic reaction after kissing me. She experienced numbness and tingling on her face and lips, as well as hives on her face and neck that was treated with Benadryl, wrote one vaccinated uh, 37-year-old man from Washington under the Vayers ID 1101209. Quote, these symptoms went away after a few hours, but she was unable to come in close proximity to me until the next day. Also experienced soreness around injection site, body aches, fatigue, flushing of face, headache, lightheadedness. All of these symptoms subsided within approximately 36 hours 
after time of vaccination with plenty of rest. Here's what they said with their closing thoughts regarding this article. Quote, we understand that it's mechanically possible. We're assured that it can be rare. We have access to anecdotal accounts and formally submitted accounts in VAERS. But we do also know how underreported adverse events are to begin with. So isn't viral shedding at least worth bringing up so that we can promote further exploration and research in this medical industry? In the quest to advance modern medicine, we shouldn't shy away from tough topics just because we may it just because they may go against preconceived biases, as is the case with women's reproductive health issues. We do humanity a disservice by understudying certain conditions and symptoms. It can feel as though there's a controlling force in both the media and the scientific community to silence the possibility of viral shedding from being questioned at all. The responsible thing to do would be to put politics aside and to do a bit more due diligence on understanding how certain genetic therapies work before pushing them on the masses, unquote. That was well done. That was a well done article, I thought. They didn't get everything correct when it came to the ins and the outs, but yeah. And when they say shedding, of course, it's electromagnetism. That's what it is. It's proximity. The the cells in your body recognize the cells in someone else's body when those cells are abnormal. And your cells, being not abnormal, or even being abnormal, recognize the abnormality of those other cells in that other person. Again, you've heard me say it's like walking into a room that you know basically somebody in that room is going to be in there that you don't want to see or that you don't want to know. The cells in your body start to react in a particular way. They start to speed up. Your blood pressure increases. The same thing happens when, again, you're around the jab. Same thing. Again, people are making each other sick, and they don't even know it. And they don't know all of the ways in which they're making themselves sick. Not a clue. And it's every line of work. It's every profession. It's the schools. It's the businesses. It's the companies. It's the work environments. It's the cubicle workers. It's everybody. I mean, they they don't know what they've done now. They've put their entire business and and livelihood and lives in in danger here. It's it's astounding. Absolutely astounding. And again, it's not going to. This isn't one of those things that gets better with time. this is interesting too. I want to read this very quickly. This is from the mirror.co.uk. Not exactly a right leaning website, but this is the cover up. They actually say the following, but this is the these are the excuses that they're making now. It is titled, and this was uh let's see, let me get you a date. August 24th on this one. It is titled Experts Issue Urgent Death Warning to Anyone who has had COVID in the last two years. The subtitle is, New research shows that anyone infected with COVID is at an increased risk of dying for up to two years after catching the bug, as cases are on the rise across the country. That's right. You're dying of COVID now, years after the fact, because you've had COVID previously. No. No. That's not it. It's because you took the shots. Here's what it says. Can't make this up. It says, quote, experts have issued an urgent death warning to anyone who has had COVID in the last two years. I already said that, blah, blah, blah. 
most Brits have already had COVID since the pandemic, with many being infected more than once. Following the UK's mass vaccine rollout, many Brits have a level of protection against the virus, but now scientists in the U.S. warn that those who have had the virus are at a higher risk of dying than those who have not. The new study published in Nature Medicine discovered that as far as two years after infection, people who were hospitalized with the virus have a greater chance of death. Honestly. Ugh, yikes. It says the same group also uh, face a higher risk of severe health issues like lung disease and diabetes, as well as general fatigue or long COVID, as they put it. After two years following infection, the risk of death decline, the study shows. Okay, that's funny. So they just contradicted themselves yet again. So <laughs> two years after, you have an increased chance of death, but don't worry, the risk of death declines after two years following infection. Which is it? Which one is it? For patients who weren't hospitalized by the killer virus, it takes just six months for the risk of death to no longer be significant, it added. But this doesn't mean that, they're, that they are spared some pretty nasty side effects. It says they could still be at risk for over 20 medical conditions such as cardiovascular issues and blood clotting trouble. Oh, that old trouble. <laughs> that pesky blood clotting. Diabetes, gastrointestinal problems, and kidney disorders. Study author Dr. Zayed Al-Ali, an epidemiologist from Washington University, said, quote, A lot of people think, I got COVID. I got over it and I'm fine. Maybe you've forgotten about the COVID, but COVID did not forget about you. It's still wreaking havoc in your body. Is it? Or is it the shots that people took? Is that what's wreaking havoc? It wraps up and it says, In the study, scientists looked at medical records of almost 140,000 U.S. veterans diagnosed with COVID during the early days of the pandemic, comparing their health data against a control group of almost 6 million not known to have been infected. But the study also highlights that most veterans are male and older. This is not uh, sex-specific, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, and this is not age-specific. It is a poison designed to destroy your DNA, and so on and so on. Continues, it says, the study comes up as new COVID variant is, cause, is causes an increase in cases. Well, in complete sense. There's the old BA2.86 as a new strain of Omicron, it says and comes shortly after EG5.1, which, of course, is 5G backwards, or the Eris variant, which, of course, is the goddess of wreaking havoc. Uh, Eris currently accounts for around 15% of all cases in the UK, according to the UK health security data, between August 6th and August 12th, 6,289 people had a confirmed positive test in England. So they're using the test too, which means they're retarded also. This shows an increase of 17.4% compared to the previous seven days, and experts have suggested this sudden surge in cases could be because of poor weather in July, prompting people to gather indoors without ventilation to keep them safe. Give me a break. It's exhausting, isn't it? 
the lies and the things that people believe. Uh, it's the devil. It's that. It's just the flipping devil. Um, two more things here before I continue to ramble. This was rather important, and uh, I want to bring this up very quickly. I highly recommend you watch this episode. In fact, I recommend watching the whole thing. Tenpenny gets a little uh, obnoxious during a part of it, making it all about her. I'm a victim, I'm a victim, but I'm not a victim, but I'm a victim. Okay, we got it. The Critically Thinking channel on Rumble uh, with the five docs, Dr. Carrie Madej, I want to say one hour and 14 minutes in, she starts to talk about how she has seen the diphtheria pertussis tetanus shot, the the D. TP or DAPT, DTAP, however you want to say it. It's, it's said multiple ways, oddly enough. She said that she has seen this shot, one drop of it on a slide under a microscope, and it seems to contain the same things that the COVID shots have in them the self assembling nanoparticle technology, the fluorescent shining lights on it. Um, the other metal-looking junk and things that are not cellular in nature, that all of that exists within just one drop of the DTAP shot. That DTAP shot, ladies and gentlemen, is mandatory unless a medical exemption or you pull your children out. It is mandatory for American K-12 school children to take at least twice from middle school through high school. So I know at least one listener of the show in New York, and I read that Facebook post earlier, who now homeschools with Abeka, pulled their children out. He and his wife pulled their children out of New York schools because they were forcing the DTAP shot on all the children. And that uh, they didn't want to do that for rather obvious reasons. Ladies and gentlemen, that right there should be all the justification you need. The DTAP shots are poisonous. They have they've they've always been, but now they are the they're the exact same as the COVID jabs, according to Dr. Kerry Madej. So take that for what you want, but uh, there it is. She actually said that it scared her when she saw it because she saw it moving and she saw it growing. That's a problem. Uh, She also did say that she didn't want to look at it initially and waited a couple of months, but then was given a vial of it and then looked at it, and then she saw what she saw and described what she saw. She also said that she plans on looking at it again in the future to see if there's something else with it, but just to, again, further verify what she claims she saw. So there you have it. This right here again, all these particular stories that I've brought up, how often are you hearing this from the likes of Robert Malone, Peter McCullough, and these other people? Are you hearing them say these things? Because again, when Kerry Madej starts talking about stuff like that, Tenpenny gets real quiet. Because keep in mind, you know, Tenpenny's friends with a lot of these people. She's friends with the Peter McCulloughs and the, uh, the Mickey Willises of the world. So, I don't know. Of the five docs, you know, no offense, she's my least favorite. 
I, I enjoy listening to the others because they are not afraid to talk about particular issues. And uh, yeah, that's just my two cents on that. Anyway, moving on here, and just to wrap up, uh, Karen Kingston on her Substack channel wrote this on August 24th, and she titled it, I didn't realize asking for help was considered slander. In corporate America, calling attention to a statement someone made is not considered slander. It's called constructive criticism. This is very well very well done. I'm just going to read this briefly, and I recommend you watch this video on Rumble. It is titled, She Said, He Said, Discern for Yourself. And it's, again, Karen Kingston talking about what Malone said, and then Malone saying it himself when he was on Joe Rogan, and then another program as well. She said the following. She said, please take 10 minutes to watch these clips of me and Dr. Malone. I made no accusation that Dr. Malone had ill intentions for me as a victim. I made a plea for my safety and asked for Dr. Malone's help. I was personally slandered for making this plea. Individuals who I had no personal or professional relationship with even reached out to my family claiming I was suffering from malaria-induced delusions a made-up clinical diagnosis. This is why Malone is a piece of shit. Uh, she said, Dr. Malone has recently denied the statements that he made on Joe Rogan regarding his CIA relationships and Pfizer being above international laws. Listen to Dr. Malone's video testimony and decide for yourself. I prefer to put this to rest and would much rather focus on criminals we can prosecute, such as Pfizer. She said, thank you, uh, Audra, for your time and investment in putting this short clip together. So someone else put it together, and then there you have it. But again, if you want to find the video, I will, uh, I'll, I'll link it in the description below if you're interested in checking it out, actually. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry for the length. It was a long one, but had a lot to cover. I think I got to all of it. So boom, bam. Okay, if I missed anything, well, I'll catch you on Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Uh, stay vigilant, stay aware, be observant, and peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.